Hey everybody, welcome back. In today's episode of Raising Unicorns, learn how we curate the perfect creative team for every client's individual needs. Real unicorns know how to stand out, and you don't need a billion dollar valuation to do that. On Raising Unicorns, we share everything we know about marketing and how it helps businesses like yours grow by hundreds of thousands to hundreds of millions of dollars and beyond. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Raising Unicorns podcast. Today, we have a very special guest with us. She is a little bit the glue behind the scenes that not a lot of people know about outside of the internal Harm Brothers organization. Her name is Kat. You're the creative team lead, and you're also what we call like an integrated producer. I don't know if that's your official role. That's what the position was for a long time. What is your official role now? It's technically project manager and creative team lead. But yeah, I did do a lot of producing. So Kat has the unfortunate or fortunate, whichever way you look at it, job of wrangling the entire creative team at Harmon Brothers, which has a lot of different pieces and a lot of different elements at play because we do quite a number of productions at any given time and have lots of different facets between you know doing pre-production work doing post-production work for actual shooting days, location, equipment managers. There's all sorts of stuff that is in play, as well as moving pieces that Kat has to keep track of. So Kat, tell us a little bit about what your process is. Just kind of like some of the challenges you have running this side of the agency. You covered a lot about what I cover, but just to give a little bit more in-depth of my work. As projects come in, I make sure that all the little nuts and bolts are in place, such as the timelines, kickoff dates, writing retreats, shoot dates, post deliveries, and everything in between from, you know, making sure we're on track with graphics or making sure our writers have what they need. And so as soon as we get a project, I make sure we also have the right team members in place. So I'm in charge of assembling the team, starts with the CD and, you know, getting our producer on board, getting post supervisors on board and just overseeing the whole project with timelines, the creatives that are involved, the team members that will be on the project. And then I also oversee our budget so to make sure that everything stays in budget for our different phases and for all of our different size packages with writing, production, post, or if we're doing a photography package or if we're doing just post or anything like that. It's a lot of minor details that help keep the project all together and on time and on track in a lot of different ways. That's the project side of it. And then you've got the creative team lead side of it, which is overseeing the team's needs. So not only on the project, but also how they're functioning as a team, how they're functioning in their role, what assets do they need help with? What areas do they need extra support? What areas do they want to grow? So it's just really knowing the needs of the team and helping support them so that they can perform at their highest. When we're assembling a team, talk about the consideration that goes into what that team looks like. Who's the creative director on it? Who's the producers? Who are the writers? How you guys, both in your own individual role, as well as like coordinating with other people on the team of assembling like Avengers team to tackle these big projects. Yeah, totally. That's a huge part of our process. It's a very important one because if you get it wrong, it can hurt the creative. So as far as assembling the team, we I like to start with getting the right CD on the project first. And there's several things I take into account when trying to figure out who would be the right CD for this project and this client. A couple of things that I take into account are the CD's capacity, if they have time to take on a project of this size, their interest level, if this is something that they resonate well with, with their experience, have they tackled this type of creative before? Are they ready for this type of new creative? Are they comfortable jumping on whatever it is that this package needs? And then also a huge, huge thing that I think a lot of people overlook is 
is how will that client and CD relationship be? Mm-hmm. It's very important that, that you kind of match the personalities with the right client, with the right CD, because you might have an A personality type client and someone who's a lot more laid back in middle of this as a CD who can still create incredible creative, but might feel bulldozed by different clients and stuff like that. So those are a couple of things I take into consideration to find who would be the best fit for this project. And then from there, we have a pretty standard set of who helps with pre-production. We have our go-to producer, Josh, for assembling the post team. I like to see what the lift will be for post. If it's going to be a lot heavier lift, we have some of our heavy hitters that would do well with that. Or if it's a short timeline, we've got some people who work a lot faster. Mm. Luckily for our Harm Brothers creative team, we don't have anyone who doesn't work well with each other. It makes it a lot easier to mix and match CDs host team members. And there's been times that I think it hasn't always been like that at Harm Brothers where that mm-hmm. genuinely was a consideration. And I think we really tried to have work around that a lot just from like a team management perspective, especially on creative. When there's conflict or differing opinions where they just are oil and water about how they approach things creatively from like a comedy standpoint, it's so freaking taxing for both of those players just butting heads constantly. It definitely has an effect on the project, I would say, as a net negative it could be that the actual final product isn't as good or it could just be that, which I feel like is often the times, it just takes so much longer and so much more energy to get there and finish the project. It typically doesn't affect the client, but it very much so affects the process on the Harm Brothers side. So that's why we really try and emphasize like having team members that know how to gel and mesh. Not necessarily like being carbon copies of each other because you want to have different viewpoints and different styles of comedy, different strengths with their copywriting or their directing ability. If it's too combative, it can be really, really taxing and make that Mm -hmm. project take a lot longer and a lot more to push it over the finish line. And typically after those types of projects, when we don't align the right people, they're just, well, I need a break, man. That was rough. And so I think that's a really important process that we've learned here is that getting the right kind of mixture of creative people together can make the process way better and way more collaborative and easy or awful. What are the two? Yeah, we've definitely experienced both ends of the spectrum. So Kat has a lot of direct reports on the creative team. And she kind of is like, you know, on like uh, Mean Girls when it's like, how's her hair so big? (laughs) It's because it's full of secrets. Kat doesn't have big hair necessarily. (laughs) But she's definitely like the... But lots of secrets. So many secrets. So many. But she's definitely like the hub of all the different players in the team. And that's a lot to like manage and work. It's almost like a human resource component to it of like knowing individuals like and how they work and how they are best managed and how they best collaborate. I would say most of the people on our team, on the creative team, they're motivated by the creativity and the challenge of like versus some people, you know, aren't like a lot of people in like sales. They're motivated by just getting commissions and they're very much so motivated by the compensation. Kurt, he's our CRO. <laughs> Kurt, you money grubber. No, <laughs> what are the challenges when, when managing a creative team, incentivizing them and motivating them? What are the nuances and like how have you had to adapt to different people to like basically keep them encouraged and motivated and excited about the job? So it's interesting you bring up secrets because Tiffany, who trained me, she said that she was basically the office therapist because everyone would come to her with whatever was on their mind, good or bad. And that is very true. You learn a lot about each individual team member and what their, not only what their needs are, but what they thrive in, what they do really well in. And that leads into what motivates them and what really helps push them to not only get the best creative, but be very motivated at their job and very engaged with the work that they're involved in. And so working with creative team members, I've noticed that you've got to get the right people paired up with the right projects and not necessarily 
what their strengths are, but things that will push them and encourage them to continue to grow. So it's so hard to give a blanket statement of this type of diagnosis will work with every creative because every creative is motivated in different ways. I look at some of our creative directors love a challenge on a project, love to tackle something that's totally new, whereas some of our editors are highly, highly motivated by something that could be very standard, but very creative and very engaging. Whereas some of our colorists, our DPs really enjoy the work of utilizing different types of equipment and different sorts of things. So I would suggest for motivating creatives, you got to find out what they're excited about, what they're passionate about, and find a way to work that into whatever project they're on to keep them engaged. It's definitely like a matter of pairing up passion with products. What products you're working on can be enough to spark a fire. Some people inside the company come from like a marketing background, which is what I kind of came from. I went to school for digital marketing. And I also worked in a startup years ago that was very much so like a performance-based like e-commerce brand. I remember I worked on the creative side, but I very much so had like an insight into the actual data and like how the ads that I had actually helped create would perform. Early on, I was like addicted to... Addicted to maybe the other word, but I got an enormous euphoric high of like, holy crap, that was awesome. I made something... And it performed. ...that made someone buy something more than they would have otherwise. Like, I was like, I'm a magician. I can convince people to do something. I can manipulate the masses. I really enjoy that element of it. And I know some other like creatives, like in different roles, I'll call Bryson, for instance. Bryson is one of our 3D artists here at Harmon Brothers. He does motion graphics. He's doing primarily 3D these days. Incredibly wicked, talented guy. Just he's sharp, really quick study. Really, really has great taste. He always has a nice little salt of perfect touch to make it really feel like high end. But he, this isn't offense to Bryson. This is just how he works. He doesn't, oh, cool, that worked. I'm glad that worked for the client. You know, that's not his MO of being like, yes, we nailed it. We scored. We did it. Let's go party. Go to Top Golf. We did it, guys. Can you read those metrics back to me? What was the ROAS? What? No, that's not like how he's motivated. I think that he's motivated by creating something he's proud of as like a creative product. And so it's interesting, especially like in the like changes in Facebook, the marketplace, how we've been able to... I think find opportunities to like make creative for clients that are you know both performance based as well as really cool like projects that they're proud of, are we're proud of and that our clients are proud of, but also that move the needle. In my perspective, those are like the two ends of the spectrum of like mm-hmm. purely motivated by the art, which I don't think Bryson's all the way over here. And then there's purely motivated by just performance and wanting to see the company grow and manipulating people into buying more things. <laughs> I think it's interesting because you want to make sure that they're paired up with the opportunities to do the thing that they're really good at and that they can actually contribute to the growth of the client. And so that's a balance we're trying to find right now for sure. Well, I think we'll you'll find that often you you can have your cake and eat it too, where you have something that's highly creative mm-hmm. and performs well, but not that, you know, you you plan for the performance because the performance aspect is very important for the client as far as creating success and wins for them. But the way our team is set up and, and just the creative energy that's involved, we're often able to take what performance metrics we need to hit and create something that's still highly engaging creatively for our team so that they can, you know, get the high on both sides. Yeah, because I think at the end of the day, like really interesting creative is going to perform. As long as you're assembling a team of people that is just pumped about like doing great creative with the idea of performance, like motivating a lot of 
those decisions because like I think some creative people just want to fall on their creative sword for the sake of the creative itself and for like how pretty it looks or how mm-hmm. awesome a shot is. Bryson understands like this is ultimately being paid for by a client because they want this to perform a certain way. They want this to drive a certain metric within their business. I mean, he's really good at making concessions on certain areas. Oh, I know this isn't going to move the needle. But I also feel like can recognize an opportunity for inserting good creative that could still work against the objective of what they're trying to accomplish, which I think is the best of both worlds, like you said, because then you've got like the focus on performance as well as someone thinking about, oh, how do I make content that performs that is visually cool and is something I'm passionate to work on? I think it comes full circle back to you want to keep your creatives engaged in what they find engaging. Yeah. So if you propose the problem of we need this to perform, how do we make it creative? They'll start thinking and just become hyper engaged in what they would think is really exciting and like you said, performance based. So. So let's move on to a little bit different gear here. Kat, talk me through like some of the tools you use to manage the team, you use to manage our workflow. This can be brief, but I think like for people who are starting out, maybe growing teams, growing a small department or a small agency, like what things that were like the biggest game changer or like you could not do your job without them? Some individual softwares that I have found extremely helpful, especially starting out in this role and transitioning into it. We use monday.com a lot. For those who aren't familiar with it, it's a very simple platform, very user-friendly to keep things organized, keep timelines organized and checklists organized. Just helped me keep track of the many different things I was managing at the time. Particularly, I use Google Suite a lot. Yeah. Cat lives in spreadsheets for budgets. Which if you're not, I mean, that's like you're living under a rock. Wake up, dude. Use Google Sheets. (laughs) You're in Excel? What the... Like, unless you're a CFO, you should not be in Excel. And even if you're in Excel and you're a CFO, dumb it down for us and give it to us in a Google Sheet. <laughs> well, and you need, you know, you need to be able to make it easily shareable with yeah, whatever team members on. need to see yeah. that. So I think one of the biggest tools that we've used at Harm Brothers has been like wildly beneficial for like efficiency and time is frame.io. It's a website that allows people to upload video content and then have time-stamped comments that are connected to the videos, the playhead, different places throughout the video and you can annotate, you can add notes, you can use like shapes and draw arrows and stuff specifically talking about things. You can post links in there of like, I think this would be better if you trade out for this sound or here's like an example of what I was thinking of for this. That has like genuinely been a lifesaver for us in production just because it's hard sometimes to work asynchronously before we try and get like a brain trust together or a big group of viewing and if they couldn't come to the big group viewing and like talk about it in the 45 minute meeting, we'd send them a YouTube link and have them leave timestamp comments on YouTube, like, which is a Yuck. giant pain in the butt. Can't like resolve it. You can't mark it completed. It's a great tool for a checklist of here's the notes we got. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're not going to do. Here's how we're going to address this one, this one, this one. That one's probably one of the best tools, I think, from a project management standpoint of one of our core couple of programs we use for sure. I also thought that if you don't have Zoom and you're a project manager, you should get Zoom. One of the biggest things I fulfill here as a project manager and creative team lead is interacting with our team on a daily basis. And if I can't come into the office, Zoom is an absolute lifesaver to have those face-to-face conversations. We've had lots of crazy times here at Harm Brothers over the last few years. Stressful times. We've got lots of different projects coming in. Walk me through a little bit about what you've done to prevent burnout and prevent fatigue, especially like when they're working on lots of different projects at once. It's like kind of, you know, yanking people back and forth. It could be a lot. So what do you do to help prevent burnout and fatigue 
at Harm Brothers? A couple of things I've learned over the years. I've seen burnout in many different forms. I, when I first started, I didn't realize that it could take so many different <laughs> forms. The burnout that I was familiar with was you had just overworked yourself on a project. You had spent so many hours. You were so dedicated to it. And by the end of it, you were just trashed. Uh, and so you needed a couple of days to take a break. That is a very common form of burnout that creatives experience. To tackle that, we often encourage anyone who's on a large project like that two things. One, set clear expectations of what this is going to require from the creative on that project. I've found nine out of 10 times, if you can set accurate expectations, then the individuals involved can adequately prepare and adapt where necessary to help prevent burnout within themselves. It's really hard as a team lead to interfere in someone's personal life and say, hey, you're getting close to burnout. You need to stop. You need to because, you know, people are going to do what they want. They're their own individuals. They can make their own decisions. So if you set clear expectations up front, they can manage themselves and understand what's going to be expected of them. If it's going to be a couple of late nights in a row or if it's going to be, you know, a two month long project, they can mentally start to prepare. And then the second thing is after large projects, make sure that they have some time to unwind, relax, be with family, take a vacation, whatever's needed to reset. So that's a very common form of burnout is just being on a large project or doing a mass amount of work in a short amount of time. Another common form of burnout that I have seen is just being too close to the content for too long to the point where they can't see it or hear it with fresh eyes or ears. And so they start to reach a fatigue with the project that they're on. And a way to help keep things fresh and, and help deliver the best product possible is we'll switch up editors or mm -hmm. we'll switch up creative directors. creative directors just to bring in some fresh eyes and to give that person a break and give them something else to think about and be engaged on. And plus it brings... Whoever's jumping on the project, something fresh, something to be engaged on. So those are a couple ways to help with burnout. Yeah. And I think another thing just as a company we've tried to do is to try to have opportunities for people to interact outside of work or to have recreational things that are tied to work. Like right now, we're just doing a March Madness tournament. We rolled in like the giant 77 inch screen into our post room and it's everyone's watching right like literally upstairs <laughs> right now. It's the first round. So now you know how long our podcasts take to edit. Small things like that make a big difference of camaraderie and also so like, even though I think people think, oh man, it must be like a freaking blast every single day working at Harm Brothers. Everything is just like, woo, let's do stuff. Let's blow stuff up and film things and do cool crap. And it is. It, well, it is. <laughs> a lot of that's super stressful. Like film days are like one of, you know, a handful of days on a project that can take anywhere from like six weeks to six months. And so I think having opportunities where people can just enjoy one another's company. We have like some game nights sometimes. We'll come over and play like board games at the company. We'll go out and see like movies as the small groups. Not even like sponsored by the company or like work endorsed events or anything like that, but just making sure that that's part of your culture and that people are enjoying time outside of work. I feel like it makes them better friends and better employees because they have something beyond just work and just the thing that they are working on at that moment to like bond them to each other. And so I think as I've seen more people do more of those things inside and have more encouragement around that, I think we've seen a very positive cultural effect from that. Oh yeah, that's huge. It definitely affects even the projects you're working on. And like you said, it's not necessarily something that the company has to support. It's very much like, oh, I'm going to go see this movie that just came out. Here's my, you know, here's my ticket if you guys want to come and pick a seat next to me. Ryan, one of our creative directors, he's really great about this. He just like goes and buys like 10 tickets. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes he ends up paying like 60 bucks for his seat because he has five extra tickets. Oftentimes he usually is just like, I'm going to go buy like five or six tickets and he can get them all sold mm -hmm. um, or bought by people inside. But it's just like a nice thing. And especially because all of us are big film people here. We all, a lot of people Love come movies. from film background. Yeah. It's a good bonding experience to like, 
like, you know, enjoy something outside of just the workplace stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of camaraderie. Just kind of in review here, a big thing is pairing the right projects with the people that have the passion for that project. I think that's one thing that you've done exceptionally well in managing our team and like making sure you're pairing the right talent with the right products so we can maximize our impact for our clients. And then going back to the motivation thing, making sure you understand what motivates them and making sure you can harness their talents and keep incentives there and giving them opportunities to use their talents in ways that keeps them engaged and interested in the work, even if it's maybe not performance-based, you know? <laughs> but it was a performance as a focus. <laughs> Just making sure you give people opportunities to take a breather and also bond with others around them like and have camaraderie with other team members, I think is definitely like something that helps prevent burnout in a big way. One thing we didn't cover, Kat, is what is the one thing that Kat does that really makes a difference in making our creative team a well-oiled machine? I think the answer to that question is like pairing up the right people with the right projects because I feel like we get it more often than not, we pair the right people on the right projects. That's a tough task to do that I think like if you were a project manager that just didn't care or just wasn't very attentive. And like I said earlier, you have a lot of inside knowledge of like people, how they work best, what their weaknesses are, what their strengths are, what their work history is. I think that if you were just a project manager, just like next available person goes to the next CD in line or the next creative team in line, I think we'd have far worse results for our clients. And I think that's something that you've done exceptionally well at our company is making sure we're pairing the right creative director to the project that it needs to give it the best impact. And that's had a huge, huge benefit to our company. Well, thank you. Of course, Kat. <laughs> I would add to that not to toot my own horn because I don't I don't do that. That's not my personality. I've been told something that I contribute that's been extremely beneficial for the team is that I'm really big on listening. I listen to people. I listen to their ideas. I make sure that they feel heard in whatever, not only whatever aspect, of their life or whatever creative they're working on. I think in this role, it's extremely important to let the team know you're on their side because there's times where you have to make a call, whether it's with budgets or timelines or switching up team members or whatever it is that's needed that are tough calls and that people will disagree with on you or will push back. And if they don't know that you're on their side from the beginning, you're going to have a lot of friction and a lot of mistrust. Bonding with your team members as a team and even on an individual level, like I meet with every creative team member on a one-on-one -on -one regularly and like to take people out to lunch and stuff like that just so that they know who I am personally. I know who they are and they know that I'm on their side. I'm always here to listen so that one, because I think we have an incredible team. We're filled with really talented, cool people that I want to know. And two, that when I have to make tough calls like that, they know it's not out of personal gain. It's not out to get them or anything like that. It's really for what I think would be beneficial for the situation. So they might not like it, but they uh, understand. They understand. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's really huge if you're in a project manager type role. At the end of the day, you're managing like people who have a lot of emotions and desires and goals that they have in mind that they might not get it, but they might think of it at an angle of like, oh, Kat's just out to screw me on this or whatever. But she think, always does she this. She always does this. It's not uh, true. But I think like having that trust and that really just trying to do what's the very best for our clients is a first mm -hmm. and foremost. And it's nothing personal, but it, and it, that we're trying to pair them maybe for a different project that they're better suited for or can really crush it for them is a big thing that I feel like in a creative team, you have to have that trust and you have to have that perspective or else it could be kind of a nasty, not fun place to be. Right. And there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that your team doesn't see. And if you don't have that trust, they're never going to just not blindly follow, but but be able to trust your decision is the and right one. And be cool one. with it, you and know, cool and support it. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was super helpful. Dope. Dope podcast. High five. Bam. Well, thank you so much, Kat, for joining us on this episode of Raising Unicorns. Until next time.
Tired of playing catch up on your marketing approach? Plan your whole year of ad content with our video strategy in a day. The Harmon Brothers are known for their ad work with Lumi, Purple, and Skull Shaver. And now we're offering a 20 minute video that helps you strategize your best profit pushing ad research, messaging, and testing for free. Because a win for great businesses is a win for all of us. Go to harmonbrothers.com forward slash video strategy to save future you a lot of stress with no pitch and nothing to buy.